Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Welcome back to Sports Beat AM on Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT, celebrating 100 years of broadcasting in 2022. It is seven minutes after eight o'clock. Welcome to the third hour of Sports Beat AM on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This hour of the program brought to you by Ghost Energy, introducing the feel-good energy drink we've all been waiting for, featuring Sour Patch Kids-inspired flavors. And by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. Good morning, Darren Pritchett with you. It is 65 degrees in downtown South Bend, expecting a high temperature of 84 today. Pretty good day to play some baseball and just a couple of blocks from our broadcast location. The South Bend Cubs will be taking on the Fort Wayne Tin Caps in Midwest League action tonight. 7.05 right here on WSBT Radio. Fort Wayne still affiliated with the San Diego Padres. And joining me, the voice of the Tin Caps on TV and radio, John Nolan. He gets the great luxury of half of every season Broadcasting games from one of the most beautiful ballparks in America, Parkview Field in downtown Fort Wayne. John, good to be with you. How are you today? Good morning, Darren. Thanks so much for the chance to join you. And you're right, Parkview Field in in downtown Fort Wayne uh, is spectacular, but I always appreciate my chances to uh, to visit up here in South Bend, too. And you gave the weather forecast. All of a sudden, uh, it's even better to be here. <laughs> well, between Victory Field down in Indy, Parkview Field, Four Winds Field, we're pretty lucky here in the state of Indiana with three high-end minor league ballparks. Yeah, I'd say pound for pound, minor league baseball in Indiana is honestly as healthy as it is in any state. And you know, for those of us who have had the chance to experience uh, visiting these ballparks, you know, that's not going to come as any surprise. But I, I do think for Anyone outside of the area, you know, maybe that does catch them off guard because everyone thinks of Indiana as being synonymous with basketball. And, and of course, it is. And football as popular, really, as anything nowadays, but you know, under the radar. And, hey, I know you can speak to it uh, personally as well. There's a lot of good youth uh, baseball talent yeah. here in the state, too. And, and it's awesome to see how communities uh, support their minor league teams as well. Well, John, you've had the great luxury the last few years. The Padres have drafted very well. They've been pretty smart in the international free agent circles as well. And you've had some high-end talent come through Fort Wayne. You go back a few years ago, Fernando Tatis Jr. played for Fort Wayne the same year. We had Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo in our division. That was a lot of fun that particular year. But the Padres had a lot of expectations last year. Things just didn't play out the way most thought. The last couple of months were a struggle, and they ended up missing the postseason. They get a brand-new manager in Bob Melvin. Fernando Tatis Jr. starts the year in the injured list as apparently he got banged up in a motorcycle injury in the offseason. But here they are, John, at 20-12, and 12, only a game and a half behind the Dodgers 
in what is turning out to be a highly competitive National League West. What's your early read on this Padre team? Yeah, you're right. And, you know, they actually just had a rare uh, stumble earlier this week. Yesterday, they lost the rubber match of their series against the Chicago Cubs. Uh, so all of a sudden now, um, you know, they'll have to, uh, to bounce back from that as, you know, credit uh, Chicago, they're going out West and taking two of three, but no, you're exactly right. I mean, the Padres at this point um, with the talent on the roster, the way that their ownership has invested in the team. I mean, there's probably Cubs fans uh, out there who, you know, are still lamenting the U Darvish trade and just the way that the Padres have been some of the biggest spenders in free agency and, Going back a few years ago, their biggest uh, purchase yet, Manny Machado, and he's probably been the, the number one key to their mm-hmm. success so far this season because Machado's, you know, I know we're only a month and a, a week or two into the season, but you know, he's definitely in, in the early MVP conversation at last check, leading the league in a bunch of categories. Um, and you know, since they signed him, he hasn't been a bust, but at the same time, he has not necessarily been performing at an MVP level, but on top of that, they've really invested in the starting rotation. Mentioned you, Darvish, even just before opening day this year, trading with the uh, A's for Sean Manaya, got Joe Musgrove, who they traded for from the Pirates a few years ago. Actually, an issue for San Diego going forward is that, and this is a good problem to have, they have too many starting pitchers. Mm, and so yeah. Mackenzie Gore, who's another one of those former tin caps and a former top prospect in all of baseball, he's done nothing, nothing but pitch well so far this season uh, has a low ERA around three or so. And he might be an odd man out a guy like Nick Ramirez or excuse me, Martinez, mm-hmm. who's uh, been a dreamman, but he's pitched well. He's probably going to get bumped because they've got the likes of a former Cy Young award winner and Blake Snell set to be back soon. Um, what Mike Clevenger, another one who they traded for from uh, Cleveland a couple years ago, he's back. So, you know, that's, as you know, that's the name of the game. And that was probably their downfall last year. It was a combination of Tatis not being healthy, but then also a bunch of injuries with the starting pitcher. I mean, all you need to say is that last year they had some must-win games and they needed to start Jake Arrieta, who was really (laughs) on his last last legs and last uh, tosses. So, you know, for uh, for Padres, uh, from a Padres perspective right now, besides Tatis being out and offensively, they, they are missing him because uh, they've not really been consistent enough offensively. But, yeah, for anyone who likes to stay up late and, and track those West Coast games, um, you know, the Padres are always a, a fun team to watch because you know, they get great crowds out at Petco Park. They've got a great TV broadcast team as well. John Nolan, the voice of the Fort Wayne Tin Camps, joining me on WSBT Radio. Take me back to when Tatis was a Fort Wayne Tin Cap, just the games that I called here in South Bend involving Tatis. I remember early on, I thought he had a lot of trouble with the breaking ball, but then later on that particular year, we saw a different Fernando Tatis Jr. It looked like, John, he made some adjustments. He started hitting the ball more consistently, and at that point, he was out of Fort Wayne. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. That first month or so of the season, uh, his numbers were pretty bad. I'm not even sure if he was hitting 200 a month into the season and striking out probably more than a third of his at-bats. 
And you mentioned that 2017 year that really was uh, special for, for those of us following the Midwest League because you had Tatis at the age of 18 and you had Vladimir Guerrero Jr. also just 18 years old. And going into that season, Guerrero actually, he was already firmly on the, the major prospect radar. And I think he might have been considered the top prospect in all of baseball. But Tatis, he was a little bit more under the radar. Mm-hmm. And even just going back to when those guys were initially signed as a 16-year-old out of the Dominican Republic, Tatis did not get one of those you know, eye-popping bonuses that some of these teenagers can get. You know, we'll say he signed for less than a million dollars. Now, you know, of course, we'd all sign up for several hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> but relative to how baseball works in international free agency, he was not um, – a big time target. I mean, obviously the White Sox will uh, will probably always mm. lament the fact that they uh, even traded him before he began his minor league career. But in any case, it was awesome to see how Tatis uh, developed that season and yeah, ultimately was promoted to Double A um, late that summer because all of a sudden he was just able to control uh, the strike zone was no longer swinging away at those low outside breaking pitches and was walking at the highest rate in the league. And it was a joy to watch. Uh, he plays with so much energy and he, at the age of 18, he set a franchise record in Fort Wayne for home runs in a season mm. with 21. Um, again, just at the age of 18. And one thing that stands out to me with him, well, multiple things, obviously, but you know, among them, I remember media day before the season, here he is, just 18 years old, but because of the fact that his father was major leaguer, he basically grew up in clubhouses, you know, he just wasn't overwhelmed by anything. And so with a bunch of TV cameras and microphones in his face, he was perfectly at ease, you know, being interviewed at, at any time. And the thing uh, that I'll take away from my final conversation with him in Fort Wayne when I asked him about what his goals were going forward, you know, and here you figure he's maybe going to say, you know, my goal was to, to get called up and I'm excited to be in double A and, you know, just want to finish the season strong or maybe even, you know, I'm really just dead set on making the big leagues. He told me that his goal going forward was not just to be a big leaguer, not just to be an all-star, but to be a hall of famer. Wow. I mean, that's kind of gaudy, but you know what, you know, God bless him for realizing sure. the kind of uh, potential that he has and, Right now, he'll have to figure out a way to stay healthy because his first few big league seasons have all been marred by time on the injured list. But when he's been healthy, he has been as exciting mm. and as productive as any player out there. John, in 2019, with the sixth overall pick, the Padres took a young man by the name of C.J. Abrams, who was in Fort Wayne for one game. And he actually started the year with the Padres, just got sent down. And I noticed last night he had two home runs at Triple A, yeah. but... I'm actually kind of surprised the Padres pushed him that quickly. I guess from the outside looking in, I thought they're a little more conservative in moving guys that quickly. I know he has enormous talent, and you didn't get to see a whole lot of him, but what is kind of your expectation for Abrams once he gets settled in at the major league level? Yeah, well, uh, yeah. a note for anyone out there, maybe he's uh, playing fantasy baseball and uh got a, a dynasty league and you can have some keepers and you look for those, uh, those prospects, CJ Abrams at the top of the list around the game, super dynamic player in that 
oh heck, I, I forget you know what his exact uh, stopwatch time is going from the plate to first, but basically he's even faster than Fernando Tatis Jr. is. <laughs> so if you've had a chance to see how fast Tatis is, well then you can understand why. There are actually some people in the Padres organization who probably view C.J. Abrams as their shortstop of the future, and that could lead to seeing Tatis shift probably to the outfield. Actually, last year as Tatis mm-hmm. was dealing with a shoulder injury, he did spend time in the outfield. But, yeah, Abrams is still just 21 years old. Again, just talking about a freak athlete. I remember seeing videos of him back in high school doing, you know, windmill dunks. Um, but then he also has just an uncanny ability to to get the barrel on the ball and just not swing and miss. And so I think that makes him pretty rare as well in this day and age where guys are striking out left and right. He's got uh, just a unique knack for being able to get the bat on the ball. Um, and then, you know, again, with the speed that he has, it's great that he understands that because he doesn't even need to hit line drives as long as he's putting the ball in play on the ground sometimes he's got that supreme speed to get on base really strong arm as you'd figure playing shortstop and um yeah again speaking to for the Padres going forward a good problem to have is that they've they've got some depth in uh in key areas and it is interesting to see the trajectory that he's had because after being a first round pick in 2019 came to Fort Wayne for a couple games bummer you know selfishly for us he had a minor shoulder injury. It was right before he was supposed to come up here to South Bend for a road series, actually. And they just aired on the side of caution and shut him down for that last uh, month or so of the season. There was no 2020 season. Even last year, he was crushing it in double A, but then suffered a, a shoulder injury as he was uh, stealing a base, or actually a leg injury, I should say. And yeah, he's got like less than 100 minor league games under his wow. belt, but already had a chance to contribute on the major league roster early on this year with Tatis being out. John, let me ask you really quick before we sign off here about a guy that's on your roster right now. Uh, sounds like a high-end prospect and outfielder, Robert, Robert Hassel third for South Bend Cub fans that might be going to Four Winds Field between now and Sunday. What might they see from Hassel? Yeah, and uh, a quick note in general, while uh, we've been spoiled with the, uh, the level of prospects that we've had in, in Fort Wayne through the Padres for a long time, not being a, a playoff or World Series contender and being a team that was trading away major league talent and stocking up the prospects, now it's flipped. And so actually, you know, a great example of that, again, is that U Darvish trade and one of the current South Bend top prospects, Owen Casey, he was drafted by the Padres. And so he was figuring to be a tin cap here at this mm-hmm. point, but instead now he's on the South Bend side. Fortunately, though, Padres still do have uh, great scouting, and so they've got a guy like Robert Hassel III, just 20 years old, so one of the younger players here at the high A level, and he's leading the league in or in the top five or so in just about every category, uh, hitting better than 350, pretty similar to what I was saying with C.J. Abrams. Um, and Robert's actually been nicknamed Bobby Barrels, and it's very <laughs> apropos because, again, this day and age, it's kind of a breath of fresh air that he is not someone who is swinging maximum effort at every pitch he gets. He will probably go the opposite way at a higher rate than he pulls the ball. Um, he's got five home runs this year, and four of them, uh, as a left-handed batter, four of them have gone the opposite way, so he's not shy about doing that. 
Um, and even for fans, I'll tell you this, I'm not personally an autograph guy or baseball card uh, collector these days, but I love that, that Bobby's got a great perspective. He has not missed a game so far this season because mm-hmm. he just has that understanding that, you know, fans want to see the best guys playing. Um, and then for that matter, too, he's been really generous signing autographs for fans. And so this is a message really for kids, not someone trying to, you know, <laughs> hoard uh, his autograph for the value in the future. Yeah. But that would be that would be cool for kids to meet a guy who's nice, friendly, plays hard. He's a speed guy too. Uh, a couple of stolen bases already in the series here this week. So that's another one of the areas where he's top five in the league. Center fielder with that speed, he, he covers a lot of ground. So um, yeah, once again, just like fans here in South Bend, Fort Wayne, not only blessed to have a great ballpark, but to have uh, top tier talent coming through as well. And that just uh, is the uh, icing on the cake. I got about a minute, but I got to sneak in. There was a guy on your 2016 roster. I remember he got on base a lot, and he's turning into a really good major leaguer with Seattle and Ty France. Yeah, a good example of how sometimes the guys don't have the uh, the top 30 prospect mm-hmm. ranking number next to their name. France, I mean, heck, he pitched in multiple games in garbage time that year, and that's usually an indication that you're really at the bottom of the pecking order. At last check, he's top 20 in in all the majors in OPS right now. Uh, He's someone who came out of San Diego State where he was fortunate enough to actually play for Tony Gwynn um, when he was the coach of the Aztecs. So Ty France, really nice guy. And, yeah, glad to see. We currently have 44 former Fort Wayne players um, in the big leagues and a lot of those guys making an impact. So yeah, another example too, where when you're following the South Bend Cubs or the Fort Wayne Tim Caps, sure they're affiliated with Chicago or San Diego, but you know, these guys wind up getting dealt or signing elsewhere. And so it's kind of fun to, to look around all 30 big league clubs and see uh, names that we're familiar with. Yeah. Fran Mill Reyes with the Cleveland Guardians. I never thought he'd be a major leaguer watching him in Fort Wayne and just shows you guys develop at different paces and you just never know. And that's what makes minor league baseball so much fun. And you've always got the best seat in the house, John, calling the Fort Wayne 10 gap, 10 cap games on TV and radio. And you've become a good friend through the years. So I appreciate you getting up early this morning here in South Bend and joining me. I know you'll have a great broadcast tonight and hopefully we'll run into you soon. For sure. Well, uh, Darren, yeah, again, it was all. Uh, a blast having you in the league and uh, elevating the level of broadcasting yeah. uh, in minor league baseball for the years that you did. But I'm glad now you've got a chance to catch your son's high school game and uh, his uh, great early high school career so far. And, uh, you know, I can speak on behalf of a lot of Notre Dame fans in Fort Wayne. We really appreciate your coverage and you're just uh, an amazing resource for, uh, for Irish fans. not limited just to South Bend, so please uh, keep up the great work. And thanks so much for the chance to join you for uh, a little bit this morning. Well, you're very kind of added to the yelling. I don't know about the quality of broadcasting, but I added to the yelling. (laughs) And I know you probably get a lot of Jack Nolan comments that people want to talk Notre Dame basketball with you since you have a similar name. So thanks for the response in covering Notre Dame basketball as well. Hey, yeah, you know, in this day and age where nepotism is alive and well, if only I was related to Jack, but he's uh, no relation, but certainly another broadcaster who I've really admired over the years. Um, as, yeah, I you know I grew up Irish Catholic, so obviously yeah. I'm, a, I'm an ND fan uh, at heart. You bet. John, good to talk to you. We'll talk to you again soon. 
All right. Thanks, Darren. See Thank ya. you so much. Hey, everyone. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouthwatering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 